Hey guys, before we get started with the show today, we just want to remind you, if you are in or near the Los Angeles area, we will be doing another Out on Lanai live show Thursday, March 16th at 7 p.m. at the Nerdist Showroom at Meltdown Comics. Tickets are $10. We will have Alaska Thunderfuck as a special guest. Drag Race. The winner. winner. Yes. Amazing. Also, Out on the Lanai VIP guest. Yes. We love how much we're talking over each other. Uh, we will be watching the episode 72 hours. HLM will have his R mug with him. Yes. And we're also going to be having a raffle with some really fun prizes, some original Golden Girls artwork. Yeah. Oh, my God, guys. And all of the money goes to the LGBT Center of Los Angeles, benefiting their services for Triangle Square, which is the LGBT senior center that they service here in Los Angeles. We've talked a lot about this issue in the past, and we really want to help support LGBT center services for triangle square so you should come to the show to give your money for lgbt center but if you cannot come to the show you can also donate by just donating on the on the ticket link there for the show you can yes. just give some money for that yes we you really would appreciate that out on the lanai.com slash live l-i-v-e and you can find all of the information uh, yeah. for the show there and it is going to be so much fun and we're so grateful for nerd melt for hosting us and and for the lgbt center for allowing us to use their name and, and Alaska Thunderfuck for being there. It's going to be great. It's going to be so great. All right, let's get on with the show. Let's get on with the show. I have to say what I feel. Miami has so much appeal. A great place to get a seafood meal. Miami. Miami, Miami. Picture it, Los Angeles, 2017. Welcome to Out on the Lanai, the only Golden Girls podcast you will ever need to listen to. I'm H. Allen Scott. And I'm Carrie Doherty. And this is a podcast where we watch an episode of the Golden Girls and then we talk about it. And we just watched season five, episode 10, All That Jazz, which aired on December 2nd, 1989, and is the return of... Oh, Michael. Oh, 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 oh. He still doesn't do it for me. He doesn't do it at all. You know, I posted a video of of Michael Love um, in, you know, our group and stuff, and <laughs> it did not get the response I wanted. I, I'm realizing that I am in the minority when it comes to loving of Michael, and... I'm okay with that because I'm usually in the minority for many things. Here's what I'll say about Michael. Yeah. First of all, Michael, I don't like this version of Michael. I don't like this version of Michael. First of all, I, I feel like, and sorry, correct me. I mean, help. I feel like I say this every time, and you always correct me. This is the same Michael that slept. This is the same actor. All who the played, same Michaels. Yes. It's never been a different actor. Nope, same person. He looks in the episode where he sleeps with Rose's daughter. He has the mustache. He has there. a mustache, mustache and his hair is curlier. Well, because it was it was like season one, I think. I mean, it was okay. early on. Season I, one or two. I look at them as two different actors. And then he comes back in season four, I think. For the marriage. Right, to Lorraine. To Lorraine. And then... I think that might be season three. Maybe season three. And then he comes back now. And this is, I think, the last appearance of Michael. And, and here's why people may not have responded the way that... I'm surprised he didn't attend his sister's wedding in the, in the second episode. I mean... He's on the road. He's traveling. He's singing. He, he's doing his music here's thing. Here's the thing. Michael... So you said this is Michael's last appearance on the Golden Girls. I believe so. Maybe the reason you didn't get the response that you wanted is because this appearance left a bad taste in my mouth. I agree. I, I hate mean, Michael. yes, I don't like. Uh, hate is a such a strong word. What a dick! What a shithead! What a like? Why are you, why are you what saying a spoiled this? Spoiled thirty-year-old no, man. We're having a role reversal. You're so angry and passionate. I, don't like I love him. it. This I, is like Sharon Moonstruck. I will say I loved this episode. This yeah. episode packed so much into it, and it it was such a great episode. There was so much going on. Well, I will say I I I wish Michael would have kept the mustache. Um, that made him sort of like a. There's this. There's this. I'm gay, glad he didn't have it. He didn't have anything to hide behind. Gay men listening to this. Um, <laughs> We'll know that the gay community is having a a uh, renaissance with facial hair, and um, and there's like this sort of uh, classic 
gay motif. This Tom of Finland is sort of, um, do you know Tom of Finland? He's an artist, and he created this sort of like muscly, mustached, bearded sort of series of artworks. It's great. And the house in, there's a house in LA you can tour, Tom of Finland House. Great and great organization. They do a lot of really good work. But, uh, Michael in that first episode when he sleeps with Rose's daughter gives sort of that like mustached, like almost Al Pacino cruising sort of like very gay, very sort of like, just like, Oh, let me just get it. And that's, that's what I responded to. So I feel like that version of Michael is what sticks with me whenever Michael returns. Mm. He is kind of a wimpy little kid. If that had been Michael's last appearance on the show, I think you would have gotten a much stronger response to that video. I'm just saying, guys, we need to remember Michael when he slept with Rose's daughter. When Um, he was shirtless in Blanche's bed. And he's so wispy and he has like a farmer's tan with a tank top Mm -hmm. in it. Mm -hmm. Oh, God, I can't. My legs are crossed. Uh, yeah, getting little chub chubs, <laughs> little chub chubs, chub chubs. That's gross coming from um, you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, before we dive into this episode, uh, we have a couple people to thank who made donations to the podcast. Oh, you guys! Thank you so so much. I hope I don't butcher anybody's name, so I'm just going to say the last names a few different ways. So hopefully, I oh, get... let me. I'm going to do a performance. You you do the first one. Okay, so thank you so so much. I love you dearly, and I love your initials, Megan. Manahan. Oh, MM. MM. MM, like MMs. One of my favorite Yo, MM. Is that true? That's what people probably say. Yo, MM. Do they, Megan? Let us know. Do people call you MM? And thank you so much to Mr. Bin Zweig. 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 Thank you, Ben. Thank you, Ben. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much, Ben. Your name reminds me of a. German-built man speaking very violently to me. And it, like Michael, turns me on. It, his name reminds me of the filmmaker Terry Zvigov, who did, like, Ghost World and stuff. And, and just went right over my okay. head. That's yeah. um, <laughs> okay. Let's get into this episode. Poor Rose. Yes. Who, adorably, is wearing, like, a velvet dress that has roses on it. Oh, Rose! Rose! Did it really take until season five for them to go, wait a tick, we could... <laughs> Let's we get, could give her a dress. Let's put roses on her. Yeah, that had roses Rose. on it. I you mean, guys, we, we never we, thought of that. We've done sheep and clouds and, and teddy bears. Little teddy bears. <laughs> the teddy bears are iconic. Uh, poor Rose. We finally, yeah. I feel like you and I talked about this maybe last week. Um, we're finally reminded that Rose works for Enrique Moss. Enrique Moss. Um, as a and she is like consumer tester. Out. She has that crank in her neck because she's worked because of stress. She's mm-hmm. working so hard that she has like a stiff neck thing. Yeah, she can't move her neck from stress. And I think a- all of my body ailments are stress. Oh. I'm currently suffering from back problems, and I have a feeling because the doctors don't know what it is that it's all stress related. I live a very stressful life, you guys. Did you get an MRI? <laughs> yes, I did. And they found no Nothing. sort of bulging discs Nothing. or anything. Oh. Nothing's wrong with me. Huh. I'm. It's. I have my my back is the chronic fatigue syndrome episode. They can't oh. figure out what's wrong with me. But I'm in pain. Maybe you need to go to and New I'm York. And I'm scared. <laughs> and I need to go to New York and stay to- in a flowery hotel. I'll go with you. And order room service. And I'll, I'll go to the Empire State Building. No, I won't. <laughs> I'm scared of heights. Um, Sophia's being such a dick to her. She is, but I she love it. She makes her turn her neck two times. I mean, it's that's probably... she Actually, what if Sophia was being like passive-aggressively good, nice to her? And, and cause when you have a stiff neck, you do want to stretch it out. You want to like, you really want to like work out the, 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 the area. So like maybe she's helping Rose. No, I don't know. She said that she's got to find ways to entertain herself. She kept going like, Oh, Rose, look at that. Who's that? And, and then Rose would wince. I love it. I don't, you know what? When Sophia does stuff like that, I'm like, you know what? When you hurt yourself picking up the wicker furniture to vacuum <laughs> serves you right. That's all I'm saying, Sophia. Um, (laughs) Michael shows up and I've noticed whenever someone shows up and maybe it's when Michael shows up, I feel like they've, the writers have written the same line for Dorothy, which is, um, Michael, it is so good to see you girls. It's Michael. Michael. Michael's here. It's Michael. I feel like last, if we were to go back and watch the last time he came, it would, the line would be, it is so good to see you. Well, they have to, I think they have to find a way to reintroduce a character that maybe hasn't been on for a while, which they don't do a lot. Like I was thinking about this when we were watching the episode, Miles, 
Michael and Stan, of course, are perhaps the only true recurring characters that we that that stay the same character that we see semi regularly. Well, I mean, Michael, we only see what three times. Three times, yeah. Well, Clayton, we see twice. Oh, Clayton and and Rebecca, but different Rebecca, but in the later seasons. And I think Rebecca's in three. She's in a few episodes. Yeah, in the she's last in season. three. Yeah. Um. Yeah, there are a couple, a couple like that. But so, but when you when those characters come back, oftentimes they do, except for Stan, they do have to sort of reintroduce them. And right. Miles too. Miles is a regular. Doesn't really. And I will give I will give the show credit for um. So Michael shows up, says that he quit his job with the jazz with the band, band, yeah. Um, and that he and Lorraine separated. Maybe he was the the plot twist in La La Land that they needed to make that movie a good movie. I didn't see La La Land. It's about a white jazz singer. Yeah, I Jazz know. player. I didn't, but I, I still haven't seen it. I've seen some of the Oscar it's movies, bullshit. You but not all of them. Yeah. Um, Sorry, guys. I alienated our La La Land fans. It's fine. Um, so he does mention that he and Lorraine separated. However, there is no mention of, of the baby. Child. They have a child They have together. a child together. However, I will give the writers credit for at least acknowledging Lorraine. Yeah. Because they could have just had Michael come right in and he's like, oh, I quit my job and now I need to stay here with zero mention. Yeah. I feel like they maybe for a second thought about mentioning the baby, but then they were like, that's going to make it way too complicated. It's too complicated, which makes sense. And it also fits within sort of his storyline in this episode where he's selfish and he won't grow up. And so you can see how someone like that may just sort of pass over a child. And it's also very much, I'm sorry, men out there, but deadbeat dad, it's very much a theme in this country, yeah. <laughs> around the world. So um, so he basically... My dad. Michael tells... <laughs> there you go. Um, so Michael tells uh, Dorothy that Lorraine left him because he yeah. doesn't understand that, you know, he's, she doesn't understand that he's a free spirit, which again, I was like, fuck you, Michael. Yeah. Like, you need to, like, work and make money and pay to take care of your baby. Or I guess the baby's a couple years old at this point. Yeah. Um, but uh, there's a really funny... I mean, Blanche has a lot of great lines in this episode, um, but Michael tells Dorothy how Lorraine th- was throwing all of his clothes out the window, and he's like, you can't imagine what it's like searching for your underwear in the backseat of a convertible. And Blanche, of course, with the hand, yes. with the palm of her hand patting her hair, goes, tell me about it. <laughs> By the Blanche way... Blanche has so many good comebacks in this episode. Blanche a lot of great lines. Yeah. This is such a weird thing. For, Blanche is reading the same book yeah. in every scene of why, this episode. Why is that so weird to you? It's weird because it's such an interesting... I, I feel like they often will give the women something to do in a scene. If Blanche yeah. is sitting at the kitchen yeah, yeah, table, yeah, yeah, maybe yeah. she's painting her nails. But to give her something in every scene, she doesn't need, she doesn't need to have that book in every but scene. But it's consistent. There's some, I thought you would like that. I, 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 okay. Because obviously, obviously someone who is in town for a visit, they wouldn't be not reading the book they were just reading. They want to finish the book. They're keeping right. the book. It's just so interesting to me that she, because there are some scenes where she kind of has her finger, yeah. you know, where she left off, but she's not actually reading it. She's just holding it. Yeah. I don't know. I was like, I, I noticed I would it think in the second would scene. would be right up your alley. It's like they're, they're actually having a consistent storyline. That that lasts the entire episode instead you, of being you random. Make, you make a good point. Yeah. I guess for me, because they never do this, it just yeah. sort of stuck out. It would be it great if like she like were... had a new book and it's like it's a subtle sort of joke that Blanche is like actually one of the fast readers and yeah. she just like. Blah, 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 blah. Well, I if if we were to go back and watch the episode again, I'd like to see if like if we can see that she's progressed in the book where like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like sure, where Blanche she's... is a reader. And as a, as a ferocious reader myself, well, we know she's also a writer. I'm, I have, I have two books. I literally am in rotation of like three different books at one time. I'm currently reading Maya Angelou's. I knew that why the caged bird, caged bird sings. sings. Mm-hmm. It's like my fourth time reading it. Aww. It's, I read it for inspiration when life is necessary. I'm also reading a really, um, where do you go? Bernadette, uh, by Maria Semple, who was a TV writer for oh. years. Um, and it's such a funny book. She wrote on Arrested Development, Mad About You, Ellen. I mean, it is, guys, if you haven't read Where'd You Go, Bernadette, this woman is funny. funny. I thought you were going to say that it was like an autobiography that Bernadette Peters wrote. <laughs> no, I wouldn't read that. But I love her, but I wouldn't read that. Um, so, oh gosh, poor Rose. Poor Rose. So oh, then, she's so stressed still. So we're going to the kitchen, right? Yeah, late and at night. It late at night. It's 3 a.m. in the morning. But what is Dorothy doing up? Well, no, Blanche is the, Dorothy's not up. Oh, Blanche she's not is in the there. one I'm that sorry. comes in. Um, and Blanche comes in and she witnesses Rose sitting there with her hand in a bucket looking at light bulbs. Here's what I'm going to say. 
So Rose is supposed to be watching these two light bulbs to see which one goes off first. Yes. I recently had to buy light bulbs for me and Stan's apartment. And they have the... Light bulbs um, the are lifetime, expensive. They, ha- they are expensive. They're more money than... Yeah. yeah. I'm, always, I'm always like, oh, every time I, I see them, I'm like, it's such little material. Yeah. But I was picking up boxes and it'll say roughly how long the life of each uh-huh. light bulb is. Yeah. Some light bulbs can last anywhere from like six to 13 years. Yep. Yeah. Are I, we I to mean, believe that Rose is supposed no, to sit in no. front of these light bulbs? Those are old light bulbs. Those are old, old light bulbs. But still. Which didn't last like that, that long. Right. But okay. Do you think they lasted longer than, oh, I don't know, six hours? Yes. Right. So So what we're saying is, has Rose been sitting there since. No, I think she probably turned it on like at her desk and then she turned them off and then she turned them back on later. Like she logged her time probably. Okay. In a realistic world, she probably has been watching these for a while. Right. Yeah. So also, the fact that one light bulb goes off and then the other light bulb goes off within seconds. Just tells me that Rose, because again, a light bulb's lifespan is not that of a of a of a gnat, yeah, of a house fly. But you it know was a I mean? funny bit. It was a funny. It bit. was a funny bit. So, but so I, Blanche distracts I feel for her. Rose, and I want Rose to be able to accurately just go back and be like, "Yeah, they went off around the same time." Yeah, because if I've been staring at them for seven hours, I'm going to go. They're equal because if it's a matter I would of just, like I would three just seconds, fudge the time. Fudge the time, Rose. But she's such a good person. Fudge the time, Rose. So Blanche distracts her because she's like, "You have to learn to relax." And she she yeah. talk, talks about this meditation retreat she went on and how. You know, she's, she's teaching Rose how to meditate. And in the process of Rose sitting there with her eyes closed, meditating, she then the lights go out and Rose is like, Blanche! <laughs> she's upset. Yeah. I will say, do you too, meditate? No. I don't either. I don't have. I probably should. Everyone tells I me I should. I probably should too. I don't. Uh, the idea of just sitting still and trying to like clear my mind or repeat something it's in my hard. head, it gives me anxiety because yeah, I'm That's always, why I can't do yoga. I'm on the go, 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 go. Yeah. Um, if you watch the scene where the light bulbs go out, um, the first light bulb goes out. And then when the second light bulb goes out, there was like clearly a, like a, a light above the women's heads that was also turned off to sort of add like this dramatic effect. Oh, if you yeah. watch, you know what I mean? It's yeah. like, I'm like that. No, that it was like, it was very obvious to me. It looked like somebody literally shut off I, an overhead light in the kitchen. Honestly, and I think I probably speak for many of our listeners did not notice that. <laughs> okay. Well, if you go back and watch, they definitely, they wanted to accentuate the yeah. second bulb going off. There is a light above the women's head that also goes off. Yeah. Um, I, I will say though, I respect Rose for, um, she tells Blanche that like, she's not ready to give up the most challenging, exciting job she's ever had. And then she defiantly sticks her wrist back in the bucket of water. <laughs> um, I don't get it. I, for me, like I'm definitely sort of like a, what is the what's the expression? You live to work or work to live. I work to live. I I don't. I mean, I'm I create things and I my work is oftentimes but the things that I create for, you, for your work. But I definitely some things I live for the just the creative things and it's I'm I am I will admit I'm you know we're both blessed that we're able to make a living sort of doing things that we actually love doing and would be doing anyway. Mm-hmm. But uh, but I definitely can represent when. I'm done with work and right. it's me time. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't do this. Yeah. Yeah. I got to give it to her though. Yeah. Um, so back to Michael's story. Yeah. Um, uh, Dorothy has been like, look, actually looking for a job for Michael and mm-hmm. she, uh, has seen something in the newspaper that there's a saxophone player wanted at the Hacienda Hut Lounge, which <laughs> I wonder, is it owned by Mr. Haha? Oh, I hope so. Does Mr. Haha oh, own if, all the Haciendas? I bet it was Mr. Haha's brother, the attorney, who was able to front Mr. Haha the money for the Hacienda Hut. Because it sounds like a, like a kind of skeezy joint, right? Oh, yeah. There's definitely some weird enchiladas happening there. <laughs> so that makes... Th- I feel like that lines up with Mr. Haha's personality. Yeah. Um... And Blanche is worried that Dorothy's doing too much for Michael, that he's going to end up, you know, really just depending on her. And then one day she's going to wake up. She's going to have a 60 year old kid just living with her. It is interesting. I will say the storyline is very interesting in Mm -hmm. terms of where culturally our country has gone in terms of how parents, especially baby boomer parents, our parents um, sort of deal with children and parenting. So like parenting, I mean, part of the whole reason why like Obama uh, during Obamacare extended um, the insurance period mm-hmm. that you could be covered under your parents' insurance is because more and more kids 
are, because of the economy, because of lots of reasons, are moving home, are still living right. with parents into their 20s. And it also represents, too, I mean, we come from a very sort of like white-focused background, but like multicultural families, families of different ethnic origins, oftentimes live together until someone gets married or mm-hmm. someone... I mean, you have you have families... I have friends who... I was a person last night who's sort of... I think he's a mix between Latino and Asian, and he still lives sort of in and around his family mm-hmm. in this community. And I'm like, but you're out here in like Los Feliz living your life, doing your thing. He's like, yeah, but that's where my family is. I just yeah. live by them. And, you know, until he gets married and stuff and moves somewhere, mm-hmm. he'll be with them until yeah. he creates his own family. And it's a, it's very much a traditional thing. So the fact that like Dorothy is sort of being insistent. Now, yes, yeah, she shouldn't be paying for everything and shouldn't, whatever. He should have some, some independence. But like, you know. There is a different way we look at family nowadays, mm-hmm. I think. And I, I still have a very close relationship with my mother. My mother with my brothers, definitely, who are all um, only ones younger. But she still very much is involved in mm-hmm. their lives in a very much a parental sense. Right, right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I can see. I mean, and also like, you know, parent, like my mom was just in town and, you know, we went to the grocery store and she was like, I, I want to fill up your pantry. Like, yeah. let me get. And she's you know, filling it. It's so, so sweet of her. And I'm thinking like in my head, I'm like, oh my gosh, just all this, like so much of this food's going to go to waste. No, no, no. We have to put some of it back. Like I, you know, yeah. I know. I still have, I paid for, I like made my way through college and I think my mother still has some guilt over that. Mm -hmm. And so now in my adult life, I randomly have like Amazon boxes that show up of things that I might need. Yeah. That's sweet. That's very, very sweet. Um, so Stan shows up wearing a, a We're jacket. He, oh, I oh, was no, just going to talk about his toop. Oh, go ahead. Oh, Wait, just, the, the jacket's later on in the series. I'm sorry. Yeah, he's but he's he's wearing his toupee. Yeah. Um, and he's uh, you know, heard that Michael's back in town, and he's going to take him to the hacienda hut. Um, they suggest because remember in the last time I can't remember if it was the last time we saw him, but Stan is a married man. Yeah. Uh, yes. Yes. Yeah. And Dorothy basically suggests like, are you? are you stepping out on your wife at the Hacienda hut? Because he goes there and he's always leaving with women. He's does very well. Yeah. Um, just goes to show that Stan hasn't changed. Mm -hmm. He's still a douche. And I think eventually she leaves him too, right? Yes. His second wife. Right. Yeah. 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 Um, because in the last episode we know he's sort of, he plays the limo driver. He's so alone. Yeah. Yeah. So, Oh, Catherine, right. Was that her name? Catherine. Yeah. The woman that Dorothy met in the bar. Yes. Yes. Where she's like, oh, I'm getting married and I'm I'm so nervous. She was, her acting was weird. Um, <laughs> I also, I read something interesting on, uh, interesting on IMDb, which is that although um, Herb Edelman and Scott Jacoby play father and son, this is actually the only episode of the Golden Girls that they appear in together. Oh, interesting. You're yeah. right. Yeah. They, he wasn't in the, the, the daughter or the... And Stan didn't fly. Stan didn't come to the wedding. Although I guess it was like a really last minute wedding. Yeah, true. Um, so this was the scene where I really like I was digging my fingernails into my jeans Why? when because Michael goes into the kitchen and I, basically I thought he was going to start apologizing and say like, "Oh, mom, so sorry. You've been oh, so yeah. great. You've been doing all this stuff for yes, me. Yes, for money. And he asks her for fucking thirty dollars. Yeah. And she's like, she kind of puts her foot down, and he's like. I hate this. Whenever I need money, you always make me feel like I'm asking. <laughs> Which is a horrible written... I'm sorry, whoever wrote this, but I, it's not the best written line ever. It's, but it's supposed to be a joke. I get it. I get it. There was it. a laugh. I thought it was funny. I don't know. I, I, I don't think it's funny. I actually think like there's a better way of saying that line. You know what I, I mean? I just... I was looking at him and I was like... Because it's so literal. It's almost like you're giving shit. away the joke. You know what I mean? Like you could have given that joke to Dorothy instead of making it sort of fall flat on his end. Well, I did think there was a great line where she gives him $40 yeah. and as him and um, Stan are heading out, Stan's like, that's my boy. And Michael's like, that's my dad. And Dorothy's, Dorothy's like, like, that's, that's my, my money. money. <laughs> yeah. Which is true. I mean, it's, and in, in a weird way you want to ask like, so Dorothy then attracts and then raises a son that is almost identical to, her husband, right. Stan. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if Dorothy's in therapy. Because, like, if you think about it, this is partly Dorothy's doing. Wait. Dorothy, I'm mm. sorry. If you think about it, like, he, she raised him. And if, <laughs> and like, now she's doing the right thing by, you know, 
distancing. He's 30 and, years old, by the way. Yes. Well, yeah, but look, he's back. She's doing it. She's giving him $40. Like, why? she's I'm enabling. Sorry. Why? Yes, which she does. She's enabling this behavior to further with her ex-husband and him. But I don't think you can put the blame on Dorothy for his behavior. If not anything, he learned it from his dad. But some of the blame. Well, obviously, he's not too close with his dad or he would have invited him to the wedding. <laughs> like we said, it was very last minute. They were going yeah. to elope. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like... There's some blame to go for Dorothy. Dorothy, I'm sure, coddled him in some way. And, and you know, there's something there. Maybe. Dorothy's not perfect. And that's what we love about her. Maybe. Well, that night... Yes. Dorothy is waiting up for Michael. Of course. And um, when he comes home, she basically tells him he needs to take responsibility for his own life. Like, yeah. you gotta move out. Um, Which is bold. That's a hard thing to do. Oh, absolutely. Very bold. And he gets really upset and she tells him like, look, 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 I know this is very last minute. You can stay for another week. And he's kind of like, forget it. I'm going to leave now. Yeah. Again, like to treat your mother that way. Yeah. Yeah. I hate him. I hate him. I hate him. Yes. So that's a big act break moment. And then we come back. Um, Rose is, God bless Rose, she's listening to like a rain meditation <laughs> tape to try to relax. Yeah. Those things never work. She, it's funny. She says that it can't make her relax because she keeps like worrying that maybe she left the windows down in her car. It's <laughs> um, a good joke. I like that. Whoever wrote that. Uh, and then and Blanche is sitting out there still holding still that book. Still reading that book, which is great. And this is, you and I laugh so hard at this line. Yeah. So then Dorothy comes out. Blanche asks her how she's doing. Oh, I'm sorry. Dorothy's the one sitting out there with Rose. Yes. And then Blanche comes out and asks Dorothy how she's going and Dorothy, how she's doing. And Dorothy goes, my life is falling apart and now Rose is bothering me. <laughs> I love it. Dorothy cry. <laughs> Whenever Dorothy cries dramatically or like has a, has a sort of like a reversal of character very abruptly, it's, it's the best. It's I, the best. I loved it. Like poor Rose, but like it's, yeah. Yeah. Ro- line... They're also kind of being shitty to Rose because Rose is struggling right now. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it was I, I, I kept forgetting which episode this happened in, but I thought this was going to be the episode where because Rose, they're out on the lanai and Rose is like reclining on like a, a what are those things called? Not a chaise lounge, but a, you know, just like a, in like a sun chair. Thing. Yeah. And I always think that this is the one where Rose falls through it. Yeah. Remember, but that's yes. the one where she like has bad luck yeah. and, and she gets hit episode. in the face with a baseball. <laughs> um, but I was glad that Rose didn't fall through it. Um uh, but then um, Rose asks Dorothy if she's upset about Michael. Yeah. And this is a joke structure that they do a lot, but we haven't seen in a while. Yeah. And uh, Dorothy goes, no, it's because I can't make sense out of those commercials for obsession. Oh, my God. Those commercials for obsession. Were amazing. I mean, do you remember them? I do. We should play one. Okay, let's play okay. one. Okay. She was a fever from which I will never recover. All heat and hunger. She inflamed my senses. Save me. And when she had devoured my very soul, please, when I had nothing left to surrender, she abandoned me to the wreckage of myself and smiled. In the kingdom of passion, the ruler is obsession. Calvin Klein's obsession. Oh, the smell of it. At famous bar. So good. Obsession. 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 Calvin Klein. What if we just spoke like this for the rest of the podcast? There's actually people who have a fetish of people whispering like this and they get off to it. Oh, yeah, yeah. I can see that. No, it's all, it's a real thing. Right now, I imagine that everybody's turning up the volume in their phone or on no, their car. Pro- probably. And now when we go back to, I feel like we need to gradually go back to a regular speaking voice so that when, the, you know, so we don't kill people's ears. And yeah. now we're back. I'm going to keep doing it. No, don't. People, people are going like, to fuck with their volumes. Someone's getting off right now. Carrie. Maybe you should start a separate <laughs> podcast for I'm that. Back. I would be really popular. Um, you'd be very <laughs> popular. Um <laughs> So <laughs> Sophia is, and, and this is what I like. I like that uh, anytime the the women 
are in disagreement about something and, and it says a lot about who they are as a character. Yes. Um, you have Blanche who's saying, telling Dorothy, like, you cannot coddle him or he's going to be, you know, 80 or 60 living with you. He's going to get too dependent on you. And then you have Sophia who says, you know, never turn your back on family. Like, you do anything you need to do for family. Yeah. And those are such relatable real life POVs, I think. For, yeah. Like, I'm point sure of we, views. Point of views. That we, that we, I'm sure we all know people like that. Yes. Where like, you never turn your back on family versus, yeah. you know, they'll yeah. never learn how to do things for themselves. So that's what I really liked when these episodes are emotionally anchored in like very relatable points of view yeah. on things like family and, and well, how I also you treat like them. Sophia's point of view, even though she thinks that, you know, she should, Dorothy should cut some slack on Michael. Um, who's now staying with Stan. Who's now learn. staying with Stan, yes. But in the end, Sophia really sticks to her guns by what she believes, and she stands with Dorothy. Like, she supports Dorothy, which is, I think, it's sort of a, it's a character development within Sophia that I think is, you know, not, she's staying consistent to what her character's always said, but in a weird way, it's like, she's doing exactly what she says for her daughter to prove a point, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. And, it's, and she uh, does give Michael money. Well, of course. <laughs> so but like, she's still sort of, you know. But it's still, I mean, of course, but she's always going to do that. Right, yeah. right. Um, and then this is where Rose tells us, I completely forgot. This is one of those Rose stories. Oh, it's so good. Where we're, we're all aware of it, but I couldn't t ever tell you which episode it appeared in. But it's a story that Rose tells where we basically learn Charlie was hung bigger than a bull. Yes, Charlie, yes. <laughs> she says, she's talking about taking the bull by the horns, and yeah. she was like, can you imagine my surprise on my wedding night with Charlie? Yeah. Boy, that bull would have been jealous. <laughs> and Blanche's eyes, again, this is like thirsty Blanche. Yes. And yeah, jo yeah, Dorothy. <laughs> Dorothy, yeah, Dorothy's like, I just wish I knew if I did the right thing. And Blanche is like, not now, Dorothy. I want to hear more about Charlie. <laughs> no, no, no. She says, yeah, yeah, you did the right thing, Dorothy, oh. but like dismissively. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's so, so good. Great. It's uh, so great. And now I want to see pictures of Charlie. <sighs> if only we could have seen them when Blanche did the double exposure. Does exposures. size matter for you? No. No. It doesn't really for me either. I don't really care about size, but it is always like, I care about any penis. So like, it's always kind of exciting when like a penis is like brought up and it's something special. What do you, what do you, what's the, what, what like identify special? Like, what is that? Like elaborate. Well, like if, if a penis is like talked about in such a way that it like is exciting or different or like there's something about it that makes it unique or, you know, like. Or it's just bragged about. Like, you want to see the dick. You want to see it. Like, put it out. I want to see it. Who's bragging about well, a dick? Well, like, Rose is indirectly bragging, and Blanche is definitely invested. So she, so obviously, Charlie had something oh, special that compared to a bull. I meant in your personal life. Has oh, someone, in general. Like, yeah. Okay. Like, if a friend is like, yeah. Like, like I, hooked, I was with this one guy for not long who um, had a dick that was very sort of like, it was like a boomerang. You know what I mean? It was, or like a spring. Like, you, you, would, you, would, you would lay flush with his body, and then you pull it down. And it's like, like it would just bit back and I have a lot of fake teeth. And so like, because of cancer. And so I had a very irrational fear that what if his dick actually, because of the force of it wanting to go back, popped out a tooth. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. But see, when I describe that, that's a dick you want to then see. Yes. Yeah. It, <laughs> Which is similar to what Rose is doing. It immediately reminded me of the line that Brittany Murphy says in Clueless when she's like, as long as his you know what isn't crooked. <laughs> I love a crooked dick. Shit, you're a virgin? Oh, that's so good. <laughs> a crooked dick is like Miss the immediate G-spot dick. It's like, it's like a dick made for a G-spot. Mm. Not that I know much about the juice mod, but I know I was, I was like, yeah. oh, interesting. Like, but I nodding. mean, if you think about it, like if it has some curvage, it could actually get into areas like that like other sticks couldn't. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> um, but at the end of the scene, Rose makes a really like really good observation where she says that basically humans are the only species who like feel the need as parents to care for their children their entire lives. Don't penguins? I don't know. Uh, penguins mate for life, though, don't they? Yeah. I don't know about their children, though. I think they rear them for life. Do they? Maybe. Or they live in packs with families. There's, there is some animal that does that, that lives together with their animals. Monkeys, maybe? I don't know. I <laughs> <laughs> just feel like if I don't talk and let you go, you'll list at least 10 other animals. I probably will. Beluga whales, is it? Uh, 
Mm. Lemurs. Definitely. Lemurs. No. Definitely yeah. lemurs. Yeah. yeah. It's, like, oh. it's a titmouse. Oh, I wish pandas did. But there's like, like Bao Bao the panda. Bao Bao had to be separated from his... <laughs> Bao Bao was the panda in, I hope I'm saying that right, Bao Bao in D, was the DC panda who just recently went back to China because he had to be separated from his mother because he and his mother didn't get along. <laughs> oh, man. It's so funny. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> that would be a really fun like like article to read. Yeah. <laughs> Like a gossip article about Bow Bow and his mother. <laughs> Bow Bow and his mother, and they like report on. Oh, I love pandas so that much. That they didn't get along. I have a panda here. I love pandas. Oh, you do. I got this. This is Bow Bow, actually. I got this in DC. Oh. Yeah. Look at me. No, no, this is, <laughs> this is IKEA. <laughs> but I have something here of Bow Bow. Okay. Yeah. That's sweet that you can tell the difference between well, your this pandas. Is a, this is, yeah, yeah, okay. Anyway. Uh,. So then, um, so Stan comes by the apartment yes. in and a jacket. He's wearing a jacket. This is the only time I'll ever speak of Stan's clothing. He's wearing a khaki kind of raincoaty kind of like, you know, like, like British safari only, guy. Like, yeah. well, not so much members only. Yeah. Members only is different. Um, it's a longer, it's sort of like half a raincoat. Anyway, it has the elastic. It, I, they don't make jackets like this anymore. It has the elastic like the, where the, the almost like the, a cinched waist, like a cinched waist, but only in the back. Yeah. And what's great about that jacket is you can have a flat front, right? <laughs> you can button it and have a flat front, but you can grow with it because it expands in the back. Mm-hmm. So it's not so there's no like overflow in the front of the cinch waist. Overflow all, and there's not much overflow in the back because the overflow comes from the front because of the stomach. So it's a flat fronted raincoat. With a cinched waist in the back that allows Stan to grow either big or small. That was, <laughs> I don't know that I've ever heard such great detail applied yeah. to no, I have, the clothing. I have very strong feelings about elastic. Show. I have very strong feelings about elastic waist. I feel like the, the elastic waist on shorts, like gym shorts or something, mm-hmm. or any of the shorts, they need to like loosen up. They need to have a combination of a tie and elastic and have the elastic be not so... For anyone who doesn't have a waistline that isn't so tight or like even moderately tight, like mine's not even moderately tight. Mine's just sort of like loose. And when you wear elastic, it causes spillage or like non-flat lines, you know what I mean? And it's like if you have just a little less elastic like Stan's coat and more just sort of like... Like, if the elastic was only in the back for my shorts, the best. Tie in the front, elastic in the back, allows me to grow, free of movement, like sheer lines. I could have just gone to the bathroom (laughs) in that entire time. Nobody would have noticed. Yeah, it's true. Um, Speaking of fashion, Dorothy is wearing a feather brooch pin right up at her neckline. I love it. It keep it's clashing a little bit with the top button on her shirt, but it I'm was all about it, it was very distracting to me. So Stan comes in, he's freaking out. There was a really funny little moment. Again, I think this episode has just a lot of really funny little moments where he's comes over, he's hungry, and he's in their fridge. He's like, Why do you have so many cheesecakes in here? It's cute. It's like the show finally <laughs> caught on to the cheesecake thing. Yeah, they're like, Oh yeah, yeah we I should guess do jokes about cheesecakes. We do do that a yeah. lot, don't we? Um so Stan's freaking out because, you know, Michael is mooching off of him and he's doing nothing with his life. Yeah. And Stan has come over to ask Dorothy to throw Michael out because, because Stan he's already is angry a pussy. at Dorothy. Why should he be angry at Michael or at Stan? Ugh, yeah. I wanted to kill Stan in well, this scene. Well, of course, scene. but it's the exact same thing Michael would do. I know. They're the exact same person, just different ages. Maybe that. I was very upset in this episode. And it was both Stan and Michael that were making me upset. Man. Um, and Dorothy tells Stan, like, you know, you need to handle need this. To, yeah, handle this. You need to show him that it's never too late to grow up, which. Which it is. Again, when we're talking about father-son similarities, reminds me of the time when Dorothy has to tell Stan to grow up. Yep. And she calls him Peter Pan. And yeah. when he got his heart surgery, right? Yep. Um, so, yeah, so much like father, like son. Um and then I hated the way the scene ended. I didn't too. I did too. I didn't like it. Where like Dorothy 
So Stan I says, Dorothy like says something nice about Stan basically, and and Stan's like, do you want to hook up or do you want to like what? Is, I forget he his says, exact line. He says you want to fool around, but she's like, people are gonna be so angry. I'm we forget so the exact line. Up. She's like, I'm so turned on right yeah. now, or you've never been. I think she genuinely says to him, you've never been more attractive to me. Yeah, which. I'm like, don't throw him that bone because yeah. we know exactly where he's going to go. Which, like, he's like, you want to fool around a little bit? Again, yeah. he's married. Yeah. He's married. Which is They're what he does. divorced. And then Dorothy's like, oh, yeah. Like, she approves of it in sort of like a But non- she's being sarcastic. She's being sarcastic, but it doesn't read as sarcastic, and it just kind of falls flat. It was, I didn't like it. Yeah. I, I was like, just, you, just, just make him get out. I wanted, I wanted Dorothy to have a to the moon, you know, moment where, like, sort of like a the honeymooners sort of. Oh, he's fine. He's just gagging. <laughs> Fraser, <laughs> Fraser is. is. Fraser has some allergies right now, so he's been coughing a lot. I'm that's sorry, buddy. Oh, don't. He'll scratch you. No. Okay. Well, I'm he not wants, make he won't contact. scratch you because you're not petting him. You need to forcibly acknowledge him. We've gone through this. He's, <laughs> <laughs> he's fine. You're fine. But yeah, it falls flat. It should have been mm-hmm. Dorothy should have had the response. Dorothy should have had the the the, the last line in that. Uh, yeah. If yeah. it had ended with a, oh, get out, Stanley, it would have. Yeah. That would have. It would have hit harder for me. Totally. Um. So back to Rose, she finally is going to... She's going to address Enrique Mas. Enrique Mas. Yes. And uh, who's sitting in a makeup chair trying to get honest eyes from a makeup artist. And that palette of makeup is just as pink as his shirt. Do you think... What what does honest eyes mean? Like, with women's makeup, do you do do things to the eyes to make them sort of, like, look differently in some way? I know that you can... There are makeup tricks that you can do to make your eyes look bigger. Like, if you... Um, if you use like a, like for me, I have brown eyes. I know that if I use a, um, like a light peach, uh, mm. eyeliner pencil on my waterline on mm. my lower, uh, lid that that makes my eyes look bigger. Um, mm. you know, and also, you know, using mascara on the top and bottom, there are tricks that you can do to make your eyes look bigger. Is there a way to make your eyes look more honest? I don't know. Does bigger equal honest? Maybe. <laughs> well, I don't know. It needs more fun. Um, but he wants <laughs> honest a, eyes. A thing. Yeah. Um, and uh, so Rose tells him that she's, she's overworked. overworked. She's stressed. She's overworked. She needs an assistant. She yeah. needs help. Yeah. Well, she she's he's the one who um, suggests he, uh, he suggests. He says that he'll get yeah. her an assistant, and he says he works her like a dog out of respect. Which I mean. I think mm. makes sense because if, if, if she can handle these things and she comes through, like, yeah, it is a sign of respect. More work it means that, that you're necessary. Her. He trusts, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I was like 50-50 on Enrique Moss. I'm I, team Enrique here. Like, I think, I think he actually values Rose. He's given Rose a chance, even though he did try to uh, discriminate against her in a previous episode. But... She, he's given Rose a chance. Rose has more than s- proved that she's qualified for this job. And now Rose is standing up being like, I'm qualified, I'm doing it, but I'm too stressed out. And Enrique is, instead of Enrique being like, sorry, it's not in the budget, you got to deal with it. He was like, no, I'm going to accommodate you because you're that important to me. He didn't say that, but like, right. that's what he's saying. Right. Yeah. Though, lest we forget that when Rose first walk in, walked in and was like, I'm so stressed out, my body's falling apart. He was like, could you get me some coffee? Yeah, well, <laughs> he is all about himself. Let's, let's never forget that. Um, so she's going to get an assistant. And then does Rose even work at the station beyond this episode? Yes. I she, keep forgetting. You forget the episode where she has to, she's actually covering a news story and she has to like do, go to a dog show at, and then the dog show has a robbery or like a, a hold that up. That didn't already happen? No. Didn't happen, and, and then, we're sure that and that's part of Enrique Mo. Well, it's a related to because it's the TV station, and okay. then she also produces a talk show for the station. Remember the lesbians? Oh my god, I love that episode. She, she's in heavy rotation at the station. She's basically and Dorothy, and a lesbian. And in a weird way, it's kind of a callback to <gasps> uh, what her Sue Ann Nivens days on Mary Tyler Moore show mm-hmm. when she worked at a television station. The police are <laughs> the after police you. Police are coming. They're after you for not. Recognizing the connections. Um, so Michael, oh God, the next day, Michael. Michael's been kicked out of Stan's place. Right. And Michael had, he comes back, he comes over to. Apparently the, he only packed his, a saxophone with him because that's the only suitcase he's holding is what well, I'm his, assuming. His is clothes a are in a trash bag in the car. That's, oh no, no. Well, no, because no, he shows clothes, up and he asks for his laundry. Yes, like, Dorothy has his clothes. Um, and and he comes over just with his music, music guitar thingy. And saxophone. Saxophone, thank you. <laughs> and Very different he, instruments. <laughs> they're all the same. Um, and he 
basically is like, I had to beg for my job back. It was humiliating. And Dorothy's like, you got your job back. Yay. He's like, it was humiliating. Like he clearly, he, he has to by Stan and Dorothy forcing him to grow up, you know, he at 30, by the way. Well, yeah, but yes, but he is doing it. They're doing exactly what they intended to do and it will have positive reactions. I'm sure we don't, we never see, but I have a feeling Michael will make a turnaround. Here's what I here's what I don't like. I don't think that Michael would have even shown up to say goodbye to Dorothy mm-hmm. if his laundry wasn't there. First of all, and then <laughs> their goodbye though was there was of, no goodbye. It was like she went well, to go he get his said, laundry. I guess this is goodbye. I guess like Dorothy went to go get his laundry, and Sophia goes up to him and she was like, you know, look what what Dor- what your mom did was the right thing. You may not see it now, but like you'll realize it later. And that's Sophia's moment. That's the moment where Sophia is sticking true to what she said in the beginning of the episode when she turned to Dorothy and was like, "Why don't you stick up for your kid?" She's sticking up for her kid. Yes, which is a nice sort of like closer to that. Yeah, with with Sophia. Yeah, it's, it's very great. sweet. And and then she like gives him his laundry and he leaves. He like yeah. doesn't. He's angry. Haven't you ever left your parents in anger? I I don't I mean, but he's yeah I guess he's not going to be when I was like a teenager. He's not going to be not as a, touchy a touchy feely. But it's it's a complicated moment, and he's not going to like gush over him leaving his mother in this moment. He's angry at his mom. He's angry at his dad. And Dorothy's sad and conflicted that that she has to do this, but she knows it's the right thing. Right. So I think it's actually kind of on point. I thought it was weird at first, but thinking about it, it actually makes sense. It just makes me, it just, like, when Michael walks out the door, all of my, I mean, I didn't have much respect for him to begin with, but the rest of it goes out the door with him. I'm yeah. like, I hate you. Yeah. I hate you. Yeah. Um, I will say, though, the Sophia, what Sophia says to Dorothy, to me, doesn't redeem Michael, but it redeems the moment mm-hmm. where she reminds Dorothy of the day that Dorothy left her at Shady Pines. Yeah. And she was like... And look I look, at us now. Yeah, she's like, what did I say then? I said, I'd never forgive you. And look at us now. Yeah. And again, like, I love the way that the show has taken their history. The generations and, and comparing different generations and how they're all kind of related. Right, yeah. right. I, I like the way that they've taken Dorothy and Sophia's history and they've been able to use that as a moment for Dorothy to feel yeah. a little less bad in that situation. Yeah. I really loved this episode. Yeah, I thought it's, it's, it's one of the episodes like the stand-up one that you don't, you don't see in rotation a lot. You don't you don't go to because it's nothing truly memorable really happens except for the Rose story about mm-hmm. Charlie. But nothing truly truly memorable happens. But it's one of those where it, like it really focuses on the characters and how these characters interact and develop and grow together. Yeah, and and how they're all related in interesting ways. Mm-hmm. It was a good episode. Yeah, yeah, it was really good. I'm always curious to see like how the women weigh in on like really yeah. big really big issues like in their own personal lives and exactly. like where they're point of views are yeah super great all right what's your golden takeaway my golden takeaway from this episode is you know i'm conflicted because i started the episode talking about how attractive michael was and then we went into zweig 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 and i had that german line in my head about Mm -hmm. attractive german named men so thank you for that donation sir and and then michael was on screen and then Rose talked about Charlie's dick. So I have a feeling that now I should probably find a dating website that like caters to German men with large penises. That's kind of my golden takeaway. There's a lot of penis Mm. German Zweig men thing happening. I like the way that you came to the conclusion of your golden takeaway. It was yeah. like you were building like a little puzzle of it's weird. little things throughout the episode that we discussed in you. Also, golden takeaway, I need to find more clothing with elastic waists on the back side and not the front side. Right. Yeah. I think that's a great takeaway. Thank you. Um, my golden takeaway is to, uh, you know, in in what Rose did in this episode is to always like stand up for yourself, especially with your job. If you think that someone's trying to take advantage of you or if you're overworked and your boss may just may not be aware yeah. to just speak up because yeah. they may not be aware. And, yeah. and I don't think you should ever be afraid of losing that job because if, if you're so stressed out at a job that it's taking a physical toll on you, then that job isn't worth it to have. Yeah. It is just so, a job. It's just a job. Yeah. Um, what a fun episode. Yeah. It was really great. Yeah. Uh, however, the next episode we're watching is, I mean, get the tissues out. It's Ebb Tide. It's the one where Blanche goes to Big Daddy's funeral. So, Oh, that was not so sad. 
It was it was a sad one. I don't think so. It was a sad one. There's um, that great moment where Dorothy goes um, to to the funeral with Blanche, and then <laughs> Dorothy realizes. I think this is the episode. Dorothy realizes that Blanche was fat. Oh. And they're looking at pictures and they're like, you were fat. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, if that's in that episode, I look forward to it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, fun, you guys. Yeah, this was great. Great times. Again, we said this at the top of the episode, but we want to close with it, too. If you're in the Los Angeles area, March 16th, Thursday, March 16th at 7 p.m., we will be having Golden Girls Live with the one, the only, Alaska, a thunderfuck. Ugh. The best. It's going to be great. We're watching, it's going to be great. We're going to be watching 72 Hours, so the you're going to bring episode. your R mug I'll with you. I'll bring the you. R mug. Um, and we're going to have an amazing raffle with some really fun prizes and, and some original Golden Girls artwork. And it benefits the LGBT Center of Los Angeles, Triangle Square Services, their senior service center here in Los Angeles. Yes, which was the first, the nation's very first uh, affordable housing facility oh, for the LGBT community. I did not know that. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's an important issue. We should talk... I I mean, I've talked about it before. We should talk more about it. There's millions and millions and millions of dollars, potentially billions of dollars, have been robbed of gay people over the years because of marriage inequality mm-hmm. when they lost their spouses and the Social Security went back into the government. And it is a travesty, and there needs to be reparations for it. And it's and there's a that, and there's a reason why seniors, LGBT seniors in this country, will be struggling in the next 10, 20 years. Mm-hmm. So. I'm glad we're doing that. Yep. It's going to be, it's going to be a great, great show for a really yeah. good cause. Um, and if you guys want to learn more about the podcast, you can go out on the Lanai.com. We're on Facebook. We are on Twitter at golden girls pod. Yeah. Um, and thanks for all your messages guys. Yes, definitely keep them coming. We love, love, love a- anytime I'm having like a really bad day and I go on our Facebook page and I see messages and comments. It always bring it always lifts my spirits. I wish I had that up. reaction. I have to go in a complete opposite direction and like read a book or something because I, I love seeing the comments. I love it. I love it. I love it. And Carrie always tips me off and everything really sweet scent. But if I get into that vortex of like social media, then I start like going crazy and it I, I can only post. I can't and sometimes respond, but I can only really post things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I get that. I get yeah. that. Uh, and if you guys want to donate to the podcast, you can go to outonthelanai.com slash donate. And uh, all money donated goes to costs associated with the podcast, yeah. new equipment, um, just hosting the podcast yeah. and, and, and being able to push it through iTunes and all these yeah. different um, podcast apps costs money. Um, and if you can't donate, but you want to do something great for the podcast, you can go to iTunes and rate and review the podcast. Leave yeah. us like a nice little note. Put a Golden Girls quote in there if you share want to. Share it with your friends. Yeah, yeah. And share it with your friends. Definitely. And. And I'm H. Allen Scott on everything. And I'm Carrie Doherty. I'm at Squid Eat Squid on Twitter. I am Squidzy on Instagram. Oh, and you will be going, just announced, to South by Southwest in Austin, right? Yes. So if anyone from our listeners is going to be in Austin, they should check you out yes. at South by Southwest. Yes. I will be there um, as part of uh, Mashable is teaming up with Twitter to do some live events over a few days, over three days in Austin. Yeah. So I will be there. So if anybody's going to be at guys. South by Southwest, come by the Mashable. Uh, Mashable area and, and if uh, you say hello. And for I have something that came out today, uh, an article. I so I write for Newsweek and an article in Newsweek about Faye Dunaway and why we should cut her some slack after the Oscars screw up the other day. Even though it wasn't her fault, Faye Dunaway is a fascinating Hollywood icon who has yes. a really interesting history. And every gay man specifically has ever been in a Showtunes gay bar knows that Mommy Dearest slashed. Mamma Mia ABBA song mixed video mixed in together. I'll post it in this posting, guys. It is essential. Be a wing, but you can go to my Instagram, Twitter, whatever, and see the link for the Art Newsweek article because awesome. it's really fun. I That's really great. We I fanned out on, 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 on Faye Dunaway. Cool. Yeah. And as always, guys, remember to stay, stay golden. golden. Ten by the miles.